It sounds like we're renegades. Like we're we're like uh we're we're Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama just doing dad <laughs> dad riffs. Wow, 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 wow. Let's run the country. Is that how that podcast sounds? I haven't listened to it yet. No one has. Hmm. It's made by an algorithm. <laughs> like Emily in Paris. <laughs> Hello. Speaking of algorithms, welcome to another episode yeah. of Film. Film. Mary. Mary. Kill. Kill. All right. I'm Andy. Before we do this, let's before we start. Are we good? Yeah, we we're good. No, let's keep going. Yeah. Hello, Sam. Hello, Andrew. How, how are you? I I'm fine. How how are you? I'm I'm doing very humanly well. How are you, human as well, doing in your human space? Uh, my human space is doing just just fine. I should say. Um. Yep. We're just. Living life, um, trying not to get uh, this disease that's still going around. How's uh, your 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 candy named animal companion? Oh, the dog named Toffee. Dog named Toffee knows timing because it's always right when we're scheduled to record is when he starts doing the <laughs> like begging noise. We're like, okay, what do you want? And it's want to go out like no you were you you went out an hour ago and now we just had to go out and uh go out and pee again so i took him out and i felt so terrible because on one hand i was just like come on let's just do it so it's like and i if he started to linger at one bush for too long without doing anything to that bush i was like no come on we got to do this i got i got places to go toffee and then because it's like whatever time it is to we were recording around five ish i don't know why that's important but um around this time, every other neighbor with a dog is walking their dog. So someone's like, Oh, can we say hi to Toffee? It's like, yes, <laughs> fine. It sounds like you were just making, uh, you were just giving Toffee his ways to his appearances. You were just like his escort to like have him meet all of his friends. That's how I feel about being a dog owner. I didn't want to be a dog owner. I just fell in love with the woman who owned a dog. That's, that's the, that's the sad truth of it all. <laughs> And you love that dog as much as you love that woman. No, I love Colette Wendler <laughs> than I love Toffee. <laughs> There's no, no, no math in my mind would put Toffee ahead of Colette in any measure. You have, you have learned to love that dog as, as respectfully as your co-host of your podcast. I have learned to respectfully love this dog. The, the phrase we like to use is Toffee and I have an understanding. Um, right. There and at weaker moments, I swear, there are weaker moments where I've been like, well, how's Toffee doing? And I meant it, but like, right, uh, now, right now we're back to understanding part of our relationship. You don't love each other, but God damn it, do you respect each other? Well, I'm I'm aiming to be a stepfather. So that's I think the real that that's the real harsh relationship. I think I've it's too late to send into boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> do you well, have did you have any dogs or pets growing up i i had a i had a dog growing up and i had a cat when i got into high school yeah i got a cat that got oh. in high school yeah um they the the dog died when i left 
high school and the cat disappeared when I got into college. Yeah, oh, it, no. it was wow. an outdoor cat and we okay. kind of, uh, th- there's a lot of wolves. Uh, <laughs> so it makes, it, makes, it makes sense, but yeah. I, I was, I'm not unfamiliar with, with human companions, human animal <laughs> companions. Uh, yes, yes. I don't uh, know why I had to say it like that. <laughs> how's your, how, how are you doing on this human day in this human? <laughs> I am doing humanly well. I've, I've just been <laughs> staying around in circles and, and yelling to, in, in the backyard. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Just like any normal human does, right? <laughs> right. Oh man, I can't. I can't wait to someday have a backyard to just throw coffee. And next time, like that's 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 my main dream of home ownership too, is to just have a backyard so that when coffee gets all beggy and like I want to go out, I'm like great, just open the door and let it let him let him rip. <laughs> just let him like go zoom me outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then walks will be more special. We'll have to go on a walk for exercise or something. Huh. Uh, so Andy, I, I watched your film challenge. Did you watch mine? I did not watch your film challenge, actually. Um, I that this is this is on me. I was very excited to watch Rafifi because it's a I, it's a film I've heard a lot about, and yeah, it's on. It's been on my list of classics that I should catch up with, and I assumed that it was going to be on the Criterion Channel. That's what I thought. Is it and, not? Maybe it was at one point in my life, but it is not currently. And furthermore, it is not really rentable in any digital platform. Like it wasn't rentable oh, on Apple or Amazon and maybe Voodoo. I haven't checked. But the point is, I figure if it's not on Amazon and Apple, then I'm. it may be hard to find. But it is, uh, it is on its way to me. I had to put a hold on a library DVD. Hmm. And so I'm hoping by this week I will have watched it um if you want to give me a, another challenge i have two you can you can demand i watch two movies this week i i we might do that i did watch something just today before the film i was going to squeeze in that you didn't challenge but you had recommended and talked about last week i saw yeah it's uh do you, uh should we let's we'll just get into it i guess let's play yeah. the game of film mary if you're just listening to us for the first time what we do is we talk about the movies we watched each week and challenge each other to rate them on a fuck mary skill uh i'm gonna take that again sure um you want me to do it sure i dare you hi uh (laughs) my name is sam lounsbury a great american and better podcaster no let me rephrase that uh for those of you who just joined us for the first time, Andy and I like to play a game with the movies we've watched where we play a problematic game of film, Mary kill, where uh-huh. we rage, where we try to judge each other's film diaries by uh, 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 killing them, merc- um, hatefully, uh, fucking them lovingly, and marrying them also hatefully. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how marriage works. One of us is single. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Toffee, right? Yeah, Toffee is is hopelessly single. All right. The last time we uh, recorded was on the first of March. Today is the seventh. And uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, right before we recorded on the first, I'd watched uh, the Gold Rush, uh, Charlie Chaplin classic. I I kind of did a little snap this week. Normally, I'd been watching movies from the uh, they shoot pictures don't they uh aggregated list of best movies of all time in order and i started and i kind of snapped because at certain 
because I'm at the point where I'm, I was legit getting upset that movies I thought were like should have should have appeared by now 70 films in had not appeared. And so in lieu of watch rewatching A Clockwork Orange, I said, God damn it, I'm going to watch The Wizard of Oz. Because <laughs> it was a crazy for me that like fucking Barry Lyndon was outranking The Wizard of Oz on this list. <laughs> Wait, and- where, where, where are you on the list? I'm in the seventies now. Well, like, yeah, upper seventies. There's a few. I'm, I kind of started, you'll see in my, if you follow along at all, okay. I kind of started skipping around. I started being a little more willful and just being, uh, throwing those rules to the wind. Cause if, if, as much as I like a guide, something to guide me in my watching, I also get really resentful of rules after a while. So I watched, I rewatched the wizard of Oz on the second um, the Judy Garland uh, starring one. And uh, fun fact, my beloved fiance had never seen that version of uh, Wizard of Oz before. She never saw the Judy Garland? She never, never seen it. I mean, obviously, you know things about it because of culture and yeah. because she's worked in theater and is friends with gay people. So she knows shit about it, but yeah. she'd never actually watched it from beginning to end. So that was a delight. Um fall in love with it like every young person does she did really like it um she did really she was really invested in the fate of toto this is how i learned she had never seen it because um as it starts as you remember of course uh miss gulch has come to the farm to demand that she uh take possession of toto so that the sheriff can kill toto um and Colette was just like, what? Why is she taking that dog? Why are they killing that dog? It's like, honey, you know the dog's going to be okay. It's like, I don't know the dog's going to be okay. It's like, what? And that's when I learned that she had never actually seen uh, the 1939 Wizard of Oz. And I said, how is this possible? She said, there's all these white people in it. I watch The Wiz a lot. (laughs) So... So that that was I feel like we learned something about each other. Yeah. Um, she she of course loved it. Um, thought it was a lovely film, and of course had a and cr- frankly, if you are following the film just to follow Toto's actions and plot, it's a very satisfying film. <laughs> the <Wizard. laughs> like he gets into some scrapes, but he's also like he's. He he's a clutch performer, Toto. I, I like to think that he's done he did that Toto did a good actor gig and just like wrote all the scenes in which his character is in and to make like a good character arc for himself. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Man, oh. oh gosh, that's that's amazing to know though. Uh, so-, <laughs> so after The Wizard of Oz on the third. I also was quite amazed that this movie hadn't come up yet on this on this list. It was a uh, Sherlock Jr. Uh, for my money, probably the best uh, Buster Keaton film uh, from 24. He plays uh, a film projector who daydreams and actually ends up in a movie himself, uh, like jumping on the screen. Classic stuff. Amazing, crazy stunt work. Um, Sherlock Jr. was on the third. The fourth, we watched The Wiz because... I had to, you know, see the version of Wizard of Oz that I had never seen before that my beloved has uh, grown up on. So we watched that. Um, and uh, she she likes uh, she liked the original a little more than the than the one she grew up with. But um, you know what? Fair, all, all's fair. Um, and yeah, then I've had a pretty busy weekend of movies. Um, on Friday, I watched 
for the first time, uh, Jackie Chan's Police Story, uh, the first in his series from 85. Um, Colette and I watched Coming to America and tried to take in uh, 48 hours. On Saturday, on the 6th, I rewatched Late Spring um, uh, by Ozu, which also, like, I'm skipping around a bit on the list. Like, that's, I skipped a few films on, I started going, like, one or two more ahead because uh, I wanted to watch Pickpocket uh, after I'd, uh, along with watching Rafifi, I thought I was going to make a nice, like, French movie marathon out of it, too. Um, but I skipped ahead to Late Spring because Ozu is great. And yeah, I've only seen two of his. I've only seen Tokyo Story and Late Spring, and yet they're both like amazing. Um, last night, I also participated in a watch party as part of the Film Spotting family uh, Patreon subscribers. So I listened to uh, the hosts and producer of Film Spotting joke around and occasionally discuss the merits of Top Gun whilst <laughs> whilst watching Top Gun. Uh, is that Josh or Adam's favorite movie? I'm trying to remember. Mostly Adam's. Uh, okay, mostly mostly Adam's uh, favorite Go movie. Uh, and then late, we ended the night, uh, Colette and I, watching uh, the sequel of Coming to America, coming number two, America, on Amazon. Uh, then today, um, I caught up with Jam in the Blues, the uh, short film you talked about last last episode from 44. Uh, don't you and, love the jazz? Don't you love the jazz now? <laughs> don't you I, love jazz? I, I'm, I've learned to respect here. I've learned to respect jazz more. And I, th I feel like it's like, what was the difference between this and other movies that have jazz that I didn't care for as much? I feel like I've liked both Whiplash and La La Land. And I feel like Damien Chazelle has an understanding that yes, these are jazz movies, but they take place in the world and he acknowledges that they take place in a world that mostly doesn't give a shit about jazz. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, I, I appreciate that acknowledgement. I felt like Mo Meta Blues still believed jazz was the greatest thing in the world. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, dude, your last movie started with Public Enemy. Why, <laughs> why are we going here? <laughs> um, this movie makes more, more sense to me because mm. it, it definitely feels more of the time again. It was, it came out in 44. So a lot of, I'm not a historian by any chance, but I understand a lot of legendary performers are featured in this short film and it's shot beautifully and just, it feels, it feels authentic. And when it feels authentic to a time and a place, I, I'm more, I'm more open to it. And lastly, before we started, I, I finished my, my mini classic uh, Eddie Murphy marathon by watching for the first time Trading Places. 1983 John Landis film with Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis. So yeah, that's what I watched this week. Sam, it looks like you had a bit of a mini marathon as well. Uh, why don't you, the, why don't you describe it for us? What you ended up watching this week? I had a very, I, had a, I did have a mini marathon, uh, all consisting of the last, uh, 12 hours. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, oh, we'll just get started with it. Uh, after our recording, uh, I took in Solange's uh, extended, or I guess like just collection of her music videos from her album, When I Get Home. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on Criterion right now. I watched all of it, it was pretty fun. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I saw it when it was on Apple TV and then I saw it was like extended director's cut was on Criterion. So that was that's on my watch list with Colette to be like, we gotta watch this again. I've never, I didn't, know much about Solange's music. Uh, oh. I, knew, I knew they were related to Beyonce and that's all I knew. Uh, oh, oh, really? Interesting. Okay. 
yeah uh mm. i don't know if that if that would affect how i felt about that collection anyway that's uh, really curious that's so that's some of the first time you've heard that music like yeah i know i listened to the album first and then was able to watch like the visual part of it it's it's interesting to like have to like her and Beyonce are, are very much about the visual album medium now too. So putting these like weird art films together um, for their whole albums along with actual recorded music. And part of me thinks like, this is the first time I get to hear this stuff. Hmm. Yeah, no, that, it was, that was the first time for all of that. Uh, it was, well, it, it um, was exciting. I might have to um, give you some other uh, further listening recommendations for Solange uh, at some point. Yeah, please. I would, I would, I'll take it all in. Um, awesome. But then I, 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 I started the marathon that you're mentioning on. Uh, I, on uh, the following day, I watched RoboCop from 1987. Thumbs the, up. 1987's classic. Uh -huh. uh, uh, Inferno, Dario Gento's uh, follow-up to Suspiria. Ooh. Then I saw a weird movie called The Banana Splits Movie which has way too much of a history for me to explain it. Uh, <laughs> I'll take your word on that. Thank you. Uh, if you want, I'll text you to you uh, 3 a.m. <laughs> uh, but Bonus episode. <laughs> uh, we're going to do a golden cow episode of banana splits. <laughs> uh, but then on the fifth in the morning, I, I, fought, I caught up and finished WandaVision, like most of us who have been following on Disney Plus, and I Drug. cried really early in the morning. That oh. that was really effective. Uh, then I went an entirely different route, and I watched uh, RoboCop Two, <laughs> for the the follow up to the, the infamous RoboCop from 1987. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I watched Man with a Movie Camera. Andy, yours, your follow, your your su suggestion to me. Your yeah. Challenge. Uh, and then I watched RoboCop 3 and then remake of RoboCop, uh, which I finished at 3 a.m. this morning. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you're referring to. What uh, what marathon? Is it, is it the the collection of Solange um, I watch? I believe it involves uh, a police officer that might, that, that might, be. might be more than human. Uh, wait, what? That might be not quite human might be mm. might be a little might be a little mechanical i think that's how you say it mm, i don't I mean, know the police the police system in america is mechanical and soulless Ooh, good point good point wow Swish. we're getting yeah you're just dunking on these these um these fake cops <laughs> these robo fake cops yeah sorry let's go ahead and flip a coin to see who goes first in the giving or receiving of our fuck Mary kill game? Sam, as always, call it heads or tails. Heads. And it's tails, which means Woo! um, yeah, I will give uh first. I would like to give you because um I'd like to go a little bit uh breaking format. Normally I'd give uh select three movies from that you watched to make you choose one to fuck one to marry and one to kill um what are you doing, are you, doing? I, you know what? let's go let's go for i need to i need to know out of out of the four robocop movies which include <laughs> robocop robocop 2 robocop 3 and robocop 4 fuck off robocop <laughs> to 
Now one gets one gets fucked, one gets married, one gets killed, one just gets to like back away slowly and run away from this game. <laughs> so I want I need to know, Sam. Like you've you've watched the whole, you've run the series. Of- I, I I am I am technically an expert in the RoboCop cinematic universe. I've only seen the first, so I I, I want to know if I made the right choice or if I need to go further into this relationship. Well, Andy, as I like to say, uh, you watch the best and I watch the rest. And that's really what, uh, <laughs> that's really our, our the, the podcast. If there was a subtitle of this show, it would be Andy watches the best, Sam watches the rest. That's and a... aren't we just a great pair? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, uh, but, that is a fact. Uh, yeah, Andy, you can, oh God. Uh... <laughs> Thank you, by the way. I think that's also a compliment you just paid me with the whole best and the rest thing. Then I should acknowledge that as like the compliment that it was. No, uh, don't worry about it. Just uh, if you ever use it, uh, I want, I want uh, five cents. <laughs> that's my that's my copyright. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You just well, declared it. Therefore, it is it is copywritten. It's like when you go in with a finished journal and you go into a publishing book saying, hey, please give me a book deal. Uh, <laughs> that's how that works, right? Uh, <laughs> I think that's in season two of Emily in Paris. Oh, no! I haven't finished season one yet. Does she leave Paris? Oh, boy. I, can't, I don't want to spoil it for you. No. Okay, well, Andy, to answer your question, I'm going to say that the RoboCop that needs to walk away slowly and not even get in this conversation is the remake of RoboCop. Okay, okay. It It is harmless, but it adds nothing. And it is it is a pale, it's not even a pale imitation. It's just, it doesn't deserve to be in anyone's conversation. Hmm, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it just doesn't, it, it, I, I'll leave it at that. Um, well, congratulations, remake of RoboCop. You tried, but you, you get to survive this melee. Run away! Run away! <laughs> I thought that was, I can't remember what podcast I heard, but someone had mentioned that, like, the remake of RoboCop was like, it's not bad. It's just, like, it's trying to be RoboCop. <laughs> no. It's it's not even that. Like, it's literally, it just, I don't even, it feels like an entirely different movie. If I think I watched, uh, I watched a couple, I watched the entire RoboCop franchise because I, there's a podcast that was doing a retrospective of them. Uh, it's called We Enjoy. It's with Matt Fowler and Eric Goldman. They're mm. very funny. They were uh, IGN journalists back in the day. And they, they uh, it, it really has, it's, it's servicing, it's trying to service too many players and too many things. It's trying to both be, it's trying to introduce people to the idea of RoboCop, service the original, and also make MGM millions and millions of dollars. It did not mm. do any of those things correctly. Uh, and it's a very, it, it really, it, it's not even, um, it's just toothless. I think that's the biggest thing. Like RoboCop for all of its falls, the original, it leaves an impression and it has like some distinct personality to it. And it has a little bit of a bite. Uh, the remake, ha- it's just a generic action movie. It's oh. just, just a 2000. If you've seen 2010 a- action movies, you saw, you probably seen RoboCop. Um, well, uh, and this is you not killing it. This is you mercifully saying like, 
pointing the gun and going, get out. And get just, out of the room. You don't want no part of this shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry RoboCop. That's just a given. Right? Versus, uh, versus best. Uh, the, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill RoboCop 2. Wow. So you're going to, I, I heard they got worse, but you are going to kill the second one and fuck the third one. The third, the only reason why I'm not killing the third one is that it's technically shorter than number two. <laughs> it is, it, number two is ungodly short, is ungodly too long. It is like, it's like an hour and 20 minutes and then they solve RoboCop's arc within the first 30 and then <laughs> minutes he's just not in the movie he's what? just straight up gone yeah it focuses on like uh the omni corp corporation and the uh and like the the game the game leader who's also a child like there's a game there's a new game leader that's like an eight-year-old child mm-hmm. i love that element i love how stupid this movie is sometimes but it is uh <laughs> it is not a good robocop movie and it is not it's not even a good movie for the 80s or for 90s it is so dated it, it, it's so dated in its politics and like it's it's sense of action and sense of excitement that it and especially compared to robocop where it's just fucking crazy bananas all the time yeah uh it, it, it it's just really but it's just bad i'm sorry I, i'm trying to like find a great way try, it uh you know what it is annie you know what it is it's uh, it's a case of more action but less violent. Mm. I don't know if that's the case. Like it's it's radar. Robocop Two is radar, but there's so many action and there's but there's no actual blood or actual like graphic violence and there's no. Mm. And by the time the third one happens, like there is no fights. Like there's like there's a lot of argue. There's a lot of like like actual uh, guns being pointed, but like there's a few chase sequences but no one's getting shot no one's dying <laughs> uh but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna kill robocop 2 because it, it is a it is a terrible movie uh but there's actually there's two things i love about it one there was one moment there's one great line just give one great shout out uh the the boss of the end of uh, the boss of the end of RoboCop, the very last one. You're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a scene in RoboCop too where shit's hitting a storm and like every like uh, RoboCop a new RoboCop is like rampaging through the through the city and like everything's exploding and like there's an ambulance car that is just like lands and like explodes and after like it explodes the the president of the company and his PR manager says hmm. This could be bad. Let's prepare a spin team on this right away. (laughs) That's so dumb and stupid. I love it. That's just accurate to corporate culture. That's yeah. That's that might as well be like. That's not even. Oh yeah, you know what that is? That really is. (laughs) Straight up, more honest conversation than it is now. In a way, RoboCop is RoboCop Two is continuing that tradition of being a uh, being a sightseer into the future. it is so, Andy, you might have unlocked this you might have unlocked the secret uh of robocop franchise and therefore you might have to watch it 
Oh, damn. I might but have the to. Other, the other thing I loved about this was about the entire Robocop was uh, the two critics I watched this for, like Matt and Eric, they had, <laughs> Eric kept mentioning that, yeah, Robocop was one of the first times I've ever been disappointed and I tried to push back against that. And Matt was said like, that that's funny because we're both children of divorce. Like that doesn't make <laughs> sense. <laughs> Wow. You're telling me that this was the first time you've you've experienced disappointed? <laughs> I just could I, I was alone in my apartment and I laughed for a good five minutes. It was so oh man. Oh, uh, that's but, yeah. That's what's great about movies too, though. That makes you like express emotions in the strangest ways. Like I've never felt more disappointed. And it's like, really? Like you like you never got that job because of that <laughs> i don't know i like you said i'm a child of divorce i'm repeating your joke i'm not adding to this conversation i'm just repeating what you said in agreement <laughs> i'm editing this week so i guess i can do that <laughs> i love this i love that we take turns to like let loose a little bit <laughs> like <laughs> like i like i kind of like we both have like our own ways of expressing like Fuck it, I'm adding. Like we'll do. I don't care what I say. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I love. I love that you express that though. Um, that was great to see you. See you kind of reboot yourself like a robot. Like a cop like a made robot. out of robot parts. <laughs> robot parts. <laughs> Ro- Robo police. Robo police. <laughs> cyborg. That's got to be like a fucking trauma version, right? A cyborg police. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I. I, I watched Robocop for the first time this past summer because of the um because of the, the 80s madness yeah. thing. And it didn't even make it to the bracket, I think. Uh, I think it lost That's a shame. Because it's a really, it's a really poignant satire. It's it's better than the film it lost to, that's for sure. Um okay. I, I I I'm gonna lose friends and allies for this, but I I I feel that the Terminator, the original is overrated a bit. Um I Oh, you're you're not alone. I know plenty of people that do not like the ter- thing that Terminator starts the Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah, Terminator 2 is, is pretty dope. Um, but the first Terminator has, and the first Terminator has its charms for sure. But I'm also just like, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, Robocop. I, I remember feel like, like you said, it's when you're describing the remake, like Robocop, the original, as definitely like it's questionable moments. Um, mm-hmm. both also, um, uh, Paul Paul Verhoeven, am I? Have, Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven is definitely like a questionable director in terms of like um, uh, people have accused him of harassment and um, all all such a crate all such a post me to unacceptable things. Um, but yeah, you can't deny that his films have bite and like go go for something and try to say something in like a way that is legitimately provocative and. I you you gotta respect that about the movie at least you can't you can disrespect him for sure for his actions but yeah the the work the work is good yeah I don't necessarily I won't even say that I left a fan of RoboCop like the film or the franchise mm-hmm. uh, but I definitely left a felt like I didn't waste time with that specific one it's definitely the craft behind it is really strong. And, mm. and like, just kind of, it's, it's such a lightning in a bottle uh, situation where like, oh, uh, this movie can never be made 
today. Right. And and thank God, because I mean, like RoboCop, they tried that with in 2014 and it didn't work out as well. But I doubt like you can make it, you even want to make a movie like this today. It's just not, I, well, okay. You know what? Let me, let me say this. Let me rephrase this. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase this. I agree with the craft, but I don't, and uh, I, I, but even like the movie itself, it's too cynical for me to like say, fuck yeah, this is a great movie. It's so, it's so bleak. Yeah. And it's vision of humanity that I, I left like enjoying it on like a, a, a arm distance level of like, of like a great, a great artifact of cinema. And I'm never probably going to revisit it. Uh, but for those who love it, great. I, if you like this movie and you're probably taking something great with this, go for it. Um, right. But yeah, it, it, it was a fun experiment. I don't know if I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you did because it did make this easy. Like when I saw you had watched RoboCop 3, I was like, oh, well, I think I know what I'm going to challenge him for. And then when I saw that the remake was also watched, I was like, it's sealed. It's settled. This is, I got to know. Sam, what are you going to challenge me now to in Fuck, Mary Kill? Andrew, I'm going to challenge you to for marriage, murder, and uh, fornication uh, <laughs> to police story mm-hmm. coming to America. That's the 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 to not the number okay. and the Top Gun as or as Adam probably says uh. the best movie he'll never re- recommend again. <laughs> oh, police story coming to America. And Top Gun, three yes. '80s films uh, beloved by by many. Um, ooh, this is this is this is tougher than I. Oh, this is a tough one. Thank you, Sam. Oh, I gotta I think know. about this for a moment. You know what I'm marrying for sure. Um, but which one? I don't know which one I want to kill. Um, That's funny because Top Gun's on this list. Uh, well, I've also never seen Top Gun. I should probably shut my face it's probably great i'm going to you know what i'm uh you you say you saying that has sort of pushed at least reminded me of the facts that will push it over the edge so i'm gonna fuck coming to america which um is a an eddie murphy classic i had not seen before um but colette has suggested we watched it uh friday night uh in prep for the sequel that just came out um i i disappointed her slightly in that she grew up, also grew up watching it, and I thought it was okay. Um, I, 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 I'm not as big of a fan of the kind of schmaltzy rom-com stuff that it kind of becomes a bit at the end. But I will agree that it is certainly funny. It certainly has very memorable moments and memorable characters. Um, it's, it's one of the early examples of Eddie Murphy playing a bajillion characters using lots of crazy prosthetic makeup to differentiate them from. Yeah, it also was just, it, it's a fun little party of a movie. <laughs> it, it's also a fun reminder. You didn't ask about it, but it's also sort of a fun reminder of how New York has changed just in the past, you know, 30, 40 years. Because um, there's part of the part in the sequel where he goes back to Queens and 
gets to reckon how gentrified New York has become. But when he goes there in the original, he wakes up in the morning and just goes like, good morning, Queens. And someone goes, fuck you. He just goes like, yes, fuck you too. (laughs) (laughs) That big, wonderful Eddie Murphy smile and just, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was definitely a fun movie that I'm glad to have finally crossed off my, uh, my blind spot list. So not my favorite of the three movies, though. My favorite of the three movies, though, is going to be Police Story. Um, <laughs> Jackie Chan di- wrote and directed. I don't know if he wrote it, but he definitely directed and starred in. And choreographed it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> I, I read one review where it's like that the guy liked the movie, but also just thought all like the slapstick comedy stuff in between was tedious. Disagree. I percent. I've seen that movie. That's that's some of the best stuff. Oh man! Even even though it also, like most eighties movies, has at least one or two like cringy jokes that should not would not play in twenty twenty. Like uh, I'm thinking specifically of the scene where uh, our our detective our our main character is stuck in the office and is juggling four phones at once. And someone, one of the calls he has to juggle is someone trying to report a rape. Uh, that's it's like, oh, 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 that's like not I not not a not a subject for a joke. But he, they he plays it as deftly as as I'm sure he was he was allowed to in 1985. And I don't know. I just when it was over, I remember feeling like. It's it it felt so much like just like a very standard 80s action movie. Like it fit the template of like an 80s police action movie that I'm aware of. Yeah. It's like your your lone renegade cop, he's sort of in trouble with the uh his superior, but one of them supports him. There's it's always involving drugs, it's always involving cocaine or heroin dealers. That's just what the 80s was about. Um, there's a weird love triangle. I think if you like try to chart the plots and like, if I really was invested in the characters and the emotion and eh, not really, but it kind of doesn't matter because like his inspiration, Buster Keaton, all that stuff is just a setup for amazing set piece upon amazing set piece. Um, mm-hmm. him hanging off a double decker bus, him just doing quick, uh, quick martial arts fights with like a half dozen guys at once. Is this the one where they have that giant explosion? They blow up an entire town. It almost they the shanty town. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it it opens with this uh uh failed police raid on their villains, and they're in this shanty town, and they do this. I guess it's a spoiler if you haven't seen it before, but because I hadn't seen this and I thought this was totally crazy when I watched it the first time. So go ahead and fast forward like 30 seconds. But yes, it is the part where the movie where uh, they're they're trying to chase. uh, They think they have the villains blocked on the road. So then the villains decide, screw it. Let's drive through the shantytown. And they drive completely through it, like breaking shacks and propane tanks are exploding everywhere. And Jackie follows them. Oh, oh. Ah, just it's one of the most pure kinetic movies I've I've seen in so long. <laughs> like it, there's a reason it ends um with like sort of a blooper, like a silent montage of bloopers and like yeah. a bit of like the um a, like a couple people getting carried away after some stunts don't go quite as planned. <laughs> like oh. like like this movie is all kinetic a- energy. It's all about just like we're we're having fun showing doing things that people probably shouldn't do. <laughs> it's, 
Andy, I, I saw that movie when it played the music box like maybe three years ago. Yeah, I remember when it was playing and I wanted to go see it. I had no idea about it. My friend dragged me to it and I, we were both, uh, you would have thought we were like 12 years old. We were just doing karate chops at each other the entire That's way back. That's so home. great. <laughs> it was so, it was so exciting. Like that entire, and like the, the, you, you really learn the, there's, I, I realized like, oh shit, Jackie Chan became a star because of, he knows how to control an audience. The same way that fucking Hitchcock knew how to rule suspense, Jackie Chan knows how to uh, make the audience explode with both laughter and, um, and awe. And that like police story is just, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, so wait, I'm so eager for theaters to open back up to complete capacity yeah just to go do that again to see that film possibly again oh my god the, that, <sighs> that's, that would be fun I, forget forget all the future marvel films give me terminator 2 and police story in 2021 i will throw millions of dollars see that that's it i hate to sound like a fucking old man like yelling at clouds too but like there's something to be said for like yelling at clouds i'm just appreciating cinema <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about what I'm about to say. Like, cause okay, there's, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. there's something so obviously much more, it's the most obvious thing in the world, but like Marvel movies, they, and most superhero movies lately, like there might be one or two, like close hand martial arts action scenes in the beginning, but they always like devolve into like a CGI fight with like laser beams and shit. And there's just something or character, be- bits, or character bits. It doesn't even become a movie about action anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I need to see more Marvel movies to find out like where the character bit is in that. But um, yeah, I, yeah, there's something to be said about like, I was, was joking with Colette, like, cause there's another cool stunt sport. Go ahead and fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want it spoiled, but in the mall, when, uh, oh, when Jackie, when, when Jackie go, slides down the pole and you do like the action movie edit where you like, he does it like, it's like someone's jumping from an explosion and you get like the jump, then the same jump again from a different angle, then the same jump again from a different angle. You get that without one stunt. And I just thought the color, it's like, yeah, that's clearly like the big stunt. Like that's where the movie, like really, like really stamped home for me to like, look, the story, the plot, it's fine. You get it. It's an 80s movie. You're charmed by Jackie. You care that he wins, right? The point mm-hmm. is, though, look what he just did. <laughs> it, it is fun that that moment is kind of a victory lap for that entire movie. <laughs> it's, it's such a good... It's unnecessary that many times it's cut into, but God damn it, are you glad it's seen that way? Yeah. Well, it's I, so I, fucking great. It's one of those things too, where like, I, I feel like it's a stunt that they're not just doing for like a factor, like, yeah, this will really get the audience excited. It, it works that way, but I feel like it's mostly just like, we're proud that we did this look like this obviously looks really hard and like, uh, something to like, looks really difficult to coordinate and plan and execute, let alone execute. So yeah, let's show it three times. And then again, in the credits. <laughs> this. Oh man, that that's I'm so glad you you saw you oh, saw the movie and you loved yeah. it. I, yeah, I got like show I think, it together. Yeah, the second one I think is also on Criterion Channel, so I might have to watch that at some point. That'll be fun. Uh, but that means, unfortunately, was I correct in that guess? Top Gun's getting killed. Yep. <laughs> I'm so Top. sorry, Adam. 
you know it's it's a fine movie i'm i only watched it for the first time this past last august for for the the uh the madness and it already got voted out in round one i can't remember yeah. what it lost to but um it's yeah I, I i'll say what i said when i watched it the first time it's um yeah it's not it's it's not great but it also is like a really good version of what it is which is a oh. really dumb kind of like jockey jingoistic pro-military movie but like it's still like it's so beautifully shot like Tony, like Tony Scott and whoever he uses a cinematographer, just like it shot the shit out of it. It looks so, <laughs> it just looks so slick and put together. And also what was fun during the watch party was that uh, Josh Larson, who, you know, isn't a, f- a huge fan of the movie, but I think, and I ha- really helped express the grudging respect that I have for it, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, as far as like eighties blockbusters go, it is definitely a notch above those for various reasons, not just on a technical level, but okay. even like little bits in the story, like, do you like, you can kind of get into a whole like argument about, well, what is it really saying about, uh, teamwork and uh being in the military like is like we're there's a weird argument about whether Iceman was the true hero of Top Gun to which Adam and other people are just like no it's Maverick it's Maverick's movie but it's like well <laughs> Iceman like Ice is like Iceman's a jerk like he's a jerk but why is he a jerk because Maverick's not gonna follow the rules and he's gonna get someone killed that's why everyone doesn't that's why they don't like him it's it, it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to think about and joke about. If you grew up with it, like children of the eighties did, I can see why it's, you know, hits a soft spot in your heart as a cynical uh, kid who millennial who was born in the eighties, but for some reason, never watched Top Gun until 2020. Um, it's fine. It's, it's a, it's a silly action movie. That's got a lot of homoeroticism in it with, it's so much that it can't be on. It can't be on accident. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, I, I've seen the scene with the volleyballs. Uh-huh. And I feel like, come on. <laughs> like, I'm not. People are fucking or what? Like, <laughs> and there was another really funny. Um, I couldn't think of something off the top of my head, but. They were joking about because there's also like an awkward 80s sex scene uh, in Top Gun where in like Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis are like silhouetted in blue light and like they're tongue kissing, but in a really weird, like obvious way that no one should tongue kiss. <laughs> and they're talking about how like, oh, yeah, I remember having to see this in the theater next to my parents when I was like a lad of like 10, 11 or 12. And that became like a uh thread in the chat about like what's an awkward sex scene you had to watch with your parents in a theater and luckily i couldn't think of anything off the top of my head i don't know if you have anything off the top of your head like an awkward sex scene you saw with your parents. i do actually i have a couple uh oh, goodness <laughs> my father and i went to go see wolf of wall street and oh yeah i don't know if- <laughs> i don't even say it you know exactly what i'm talking about i i it's funny i Wolf of Wall Street is a movie I watched 45 minutes of in like 2014 on rental. Yeah. And then like, it had to go back to the library and I never finished it. Cause like, I don't have three hours, <laughs> but um, I, I haven't rewatched it since I, I brought that up to Colette. It's like, maybe we should watch that sometime. And she 
she's she nodded and smiled <laughs> yeah that was one i think there was another one this is even weirder my parents and i were in we were in a hotel on vacation together and uh old school came on oh damn <laughs> yeah and like it was unrated it was like uh, it was like an hbo was showing it i guess mm-hmm and like my parents and I were just started watching, we were laughing, and then like nudity started happening. And then like I got really uncomfortable and just turned around and looked at the wall <laughs> while my pa- both of my parents were watching. I was uncomfortable as hell and just like like my dad was even looking at me like Sam, it's just breasts, come on. And like my mom's like, no, don't bring him in here. I don't want to watch it with my son. And I'm like, Jesus. Two stories that relate to that. One. Um, my, my dad also, we, he'll, he may never live this down until, until all, every, everyone who was there dies. But when I was 12, we took a family vacation to, uh, the West coast, to see my mom's side of the family. We're at my, uh, my aunt, uh, Rosemary and uncle John's house in San Francisco. They were going to go out, uh, my dad, and there's a video store nearby. So they rented some movies for the kids. And one of the movies my dad thought would be appropriate for the kids, given that we're getting like, you know, we're, we're enjoying uh, some of the older comedies that he enjoyed that's being played on TV, your Monty Pythons, uh, so to speak. So he thought National Lampoon's Animal House would be appropriate. Um, and it was fine up until the moment. It definitely was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that was a. Uh, oh, what part was it that you realized it was not? Oh, when um when Belushi is on the ladder, uh, oh, looking, in, yep. looking in at a at a sorority sister who's just disrobing uh for for all all his pleasure, and we were just uh like shocked and appalled. Um, the second one, the one I wrote about on Letterbox, was for the movie Election, which um I vividly oh. remember. Uh, one random night, I was like 14, maybe 15. I, I didn't have a license or a way, any reason to get out of the, uh, the house. And I guess I didn't have like any friend to hang out with that night. So I was also like, well, let's go to the video store and get something. <laughs> and, you know, at this point I was like, I'd seen like The Godfather and some other R-rated movies. So uh, you were an expert. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I thought I thought Election would be an R-rated movie that I could handle because it probably like oh it's probably just going to have a lot of swears in it, but it's just oh. but that's why it's rated R. And then within like the first few minutes, it's like there's that whole subplot about like one teacher having like sex with uh, Reese Witherspoon's character and like yeah. getting real graphic in the description. And yeah. Then there's like another like weird like graphic bit with like two high school students, and at that second bit, I was like, I don't need to watch this anymore, and I like left uh, while my parents finished the movies and kind of like laughed at my prudishness, and then I watched it the next morning in total like Catholic shame. So, <sighs> yeah, Election's a special movie for me. <laughs> Man, that God, we are both shame-based people, Andy. Tell me about it. That's it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, Sam, let me ask you though. Um, yes. Now that now that the game seems to have played, now I gotta ask: How did you uh, how did you feel about um, man with movie camera? Man uh, with movie camera. Why why did you make me watch Russian movie? Why did you make me watch pe- Russian people talk? No, I'm so sorry, my friends in mother Russia. Uh, we love you, Putin. Uh, <laughs> no, 
The views of Sam Malonsbury do not represent the views of Andy Mitchell or Phil Mary Kill. We vote for Putin! No. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll stop yelling in your ear. Um, I'm going to reset this again so hard. <laughs> Sam, what do you think about a uh, man with a movie camera? Why'd you show me old people, Andy? <laughs> no, sorry. It was, it's great. What are you talking about? It's like one of the most, it's one of the best uh, visual essays I've ever seen. <laughs> right? Like, like the visual essay before they were known as visual essays. Yeah. And I, I read your review and was like, I would like to show this director YouTube. And I was like, oh, fuck. It is like, we're just showing them YouTube at a certain point. No, but it's great. It's, for those of you who aren't aware of it, it's uh, a documentary about uh, just a day on the life in the Soviet Union in 1928. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, what the, that's the general premise of it. What I came out with it was, it was a film trying to establish cinematic language and, and like, uh, both like cross-cutting and editing and like trying to create non-verbal he was trying to create an uh he's trying to create s- s- pure cinema separate mm-hmm. from everything else that we know as art which at the time was theater character and language and language this is a silent movie this is mainly told through images and uh i don't know if the version you saw had a soundtrack at it but i mm-hmm. okay i did it that was amazing too that was a like strangely ahead of its time and really surreal and the entire film is really surreal but i really liked it because it is now it 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 asks a lot of questions on what the uh on on what is what makes cinema distinct from other art forms and who uh who is the distinguisher of that is it the filmmaker is it the editor of the film or is it the audience? And I think that's those are great questions that even today we're kind of like questioning in our own weird way uh, to 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 endless avail. Uh, I I am so grateful that you introduced me to this movie, Andy. I don't oh, yeah. think I pro- it probably would have been the last one I would have watched just because of like oldness, but it's so uh, it's so humanizing. It's so just in its depiction of cultures of like just showing their from when before they wake up to when they go to bed or like when they're how they spend their time after they go to work it's really something to be amazed by and uh i i joked about this on letterboxd i love the character of the man with the movie camera oh yeah (laughs) he is so i i I feel like such a, like a freshman in film school, but I'm like, I want to dress up in like fucking Halloween and like, <laughs> like I want to like, I want, I want to pitch, I want to pitch to Nintendo my my like Super Smash Brothers character off of him. Yeah, like, that that killed me when you wrote that he wanted a Super Smash Brothers character of the man with the movie camera. It's just like that is the most wonderful film nerd thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, look, he has look. There's he has plenty of outfits. He's got lots of changing room. He has a great long range, long range weapon. I got, I got, I got evidence, Andy. I got, I'm working <laughs> on a document. Don't worry about this. Oh but, man, can you? Yeah, thank you, Andy. It's it's a beautiful film, and I I really appreciate you showing it to me. I yeah. I do have to. I will say this because I wrote an article about Tenant last week. I'm a little mad I didn't see this before I wrote Tenant article because I would have called out uh, Inception 
because there's a moment in that movie where it fucking steals right out from like inception steals directly from man from a movie camera oh awesome i'm so i'm so mad i didn't see this movie before because i would have like said he's not even good at this (laughs) like lewis black or something (laughs) Uh, well i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed i'm glad at least i got also expand the old film uh horizons of sam lounsbury as your you know you know it's it's it seems it probably was a great contrast to all the robo cops oh it was a it was a welcome reprieve and uh my brain thanks you forever and always uh happy to help um yeah andy uh i guess you elaborate a little bit but do you have anything more to mention about uh the jazz music video i i I know it's not something i suggested to you but do you have anything more oh i i um Oh, just that I, I really enjoy it. And I was really, I responded really strongly to it. I, I'm surprised because as I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of the genre of jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's mostly because I'm responding to the kind of pretension and stuffiness that it it is met with usually. Uh, if you see it in this day and age, like there's a kind of like, I don't know, a sort of smugness that like, oh, this is better than, you know, your rest of your popular music when it is the popular music, like in the context of like the forties, that's when like, for some reason, like I'm, I guess then I don't feel like I'm watching jazz so much as I'm watching just like music of the certain time. And it, it's shot beautifully. I didn't, I meant to watch it. I meant to watch this before the show to get, um, to see if the context matched up, but I'd read a little trivia fact that um, the police video for every breath you take was inspired by this short. Oh um, wow! Yeah, because they all I I haven't seen that video in ages, but I reckon it's if I remember right, it's also shot in black and white with high contrast lighting, and a lot of shadows, like uh like a Jaminon blues is, and that I thought was kind of cool. Also, that like this little short film is so influential in that in that way too. I love. I love good music videos too. That's the other thing too. So even even though I don't think this is technically a music video as you described it, but it's uh it's uh it it's up there. It's I I love a good music doc. What can I say? Yeah, it's it's it was definitely one of the more surprising things on Passage from Versailles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, are you ready for your challenge, or are you ready to give me my challenge for this week? Um, well, I, I went first, so I'll go ahead and give you the challenge first then. Um, okay. I was thinking, um, like I said, I was hoping uh, to go on a little mini French movie marathon. Um, cause on, on the, 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 I like to call it the Canon list for, because to say the full name makes me sound silly, but that, that greatest of all time list, um, oh, yeah. also pickpocket uh by brasson uh which i've seen before but that had come up and i thought oh i will skip this and then see what's next which happened to be late spring because i thought you know it'd be cool it'd be to watch this after i watch rafifi and then maybe another french movie that i've wanted to watch for a while that i've heard is a classic so i'm going to talk about that uh challenge you that third movie i haven't seen this either um i don't know if you have before letterbox but i'm going to go to the realm of uh hitchcock rival in quotes uh, uh creative rival henry george clouseau and i challenge you to watch the wages of fear oh 
Shit, that's been on my list on Criterion Channel for a while. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I know it's like it's the uh, William Friedkin made a sequel of it called Sorcerer. Right. Or no, made a remake, not a sequel. What am I talking about? Uh, one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, he made he made one or the other, but it, yeah, I thank you. I'm so excited to see this. Uh, I've heard it's great, and I'm a very and uh, it, it's. Uh, on a list. Yeah. Have you seen any? Uh, I've only seen uh, Diabolik um, as far as Clouseau films go. Have you ever seen that too, either? I have not seen any of this person's films. Interesting. I, 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 if it's French, I probably haven't. I, <laughs> not, nothing against the France. The France. The fr- <laughs> nothing against the France. Nothing against the French. Nothing against, nothing the, against pants. the France or the French. Or the French. Uh, but I, I just. It's a bl- that entire country is a blind spot to me for a little okay. for whatever reason. Good, good to know for future uh, future suggestions. Um, well, great. I like I said, I want to watch it this week too. So hopefully, we'll have something to talk about next week. Um, what's my challenge? Well, Andy, uh, I don't want you to think this is a punishment because it's not. Oh damn it! Okay, it's not a punishment. It's the other thing I was going to pick for last week. You said you wanted to watch a good movie or a short movie. That's this right. This movie is significantly shorter. And this movie is also uh, built as a love story of some cases uh, and, and a love story of its time. Uh, it's from 2011. The movie is called Love on a Leash. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Are you familiar with it? Yes. They did a whole episode of the Flophouse about this uh, movie. So uh, I know I know what I'm in for. Um, and I, I will accept your challenge and... We'll see. We'll see how our friendship lasts. Andy, this is not a punishment. This is not a punishment. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Um, it's, if it's anything, it's supposed to like welcome. It's this emboldens the the like the best and the rest theory I have. Sure does. <laughs> well, you also gave me Rafiki. Wait, what? You gave me Rafiki this week that I failed to watch. So I'm going to try to watch Rafiki and Love on a Leash this week. This will be, what a week we're about to have. <laughs> Love on a Leash is like less than an hour and 15 minutes. It, sh- it should be anyway. <laughs> All right. I, I can't wait to see, compare and contrast this with the green misty sky. <laughs> but by the way, I, I'm curious about this. Now that you've seen truly bad movies, like mm-hmm. like like you know what how bad the well can go. Uh-huh. Uh, do you find it at all an easy cop out for Josh or Adam to pick the they're like they're like uh, uh, punishment for each other for losing March for losing March Madness is to make them watch any Adam Sandler movie? Like that seems pretty easy to me after showing you Green Misty Sky and knowing the rest of the films in my head. You you make a good point. Um, I I hadn't thought of it that way, but I suppose it does make me feel <laughs> does make me feel more like a man than those two hosts are. Yeah, I'm calling them out. These little wimps think they're oh they're watching bad movies because they watched an Adam Sandler movie. Sit through the green misty sky. Sit through Ben and Arthur. Then come to me. I'm glad, Andy, that you're finally. Showing your true self on this podcast. Oh, God, we need to we need to stop before it, more comes out.
And thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out, Sam. If you enjoy what you hear, please like, rate, review, all that shit. Uh, email at uh, filmmarykill at protonmail.com. Uh, follow on Twitter at filmmarykill. On my letterbox at Kinetic Android. Sam, are you on letterbox? I am on Letterbox. My I'm on Letterbox on uh, under Sam Lounsbury. That's L O U N S B as in boy U R Y. And I'm also on Twitter the same way. Uh, That's a, such 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 synergy. I love it. I try, man. I try. Well, we'll see you next time. Maybe be maybe maybe we'll see something better. Maybe we'll just talk about Love on the Leash for an hour. Maybe maybe Andy might even kill me and get his brother on. <laughs> Like he's always said, this this podcast may have a have a have its days numbered. We'll find out uh, next week on film. Mary, Mary Kill. Kill.